The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestaryouare.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Radio's finest hour of talk radio, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We call this the Power Hour, and my name is Cynthia Bryan, and I'm always very, very happy to be your personal growth success coach on the airwaves with you every week, bringing you authors, professionals, and experts that will help jumpstart your life. So get ready to pump that energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams through books and media. This is a show brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star You Are Literacy Charity. In today's show, I pay tribute to a great friend and mentor, Father Patrick McGrath, who penned The Gift of Sports in the new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, and was honored in the book, Be the Star You Are, as the gift of celebration he died this week, and his life was a total celebration of goodness and kindness to all, so he will be remembered and eulogized in this show. In our second segment, we will have T.L. Cooper's poetry, her short stories, and articles who have appeared in, that have appeared in many different books. She's the author of All, I, All She Ever Wanted, and she has also contributed to Be the Star You Are for Teens with the Gift of You. And in our final section, we are going to be going to the Regency period with the Secret Diaries of Charlotte Bronte, a powerful, compelling, intensely researched a literary feat that was uh, penned by Siri James. So you want to stay tuned. It's going to be really a terrific hour. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. If you would like to sponsor this segment or the show, please contact us by calling 877-944-STAR or visiting bethestarur.org. This is from Ovid. With the eyes of the mind, he gazed upon those things which nature has denied to human sight. And by my friend, Father Pat McGrath, care, share, and be fair. Well, today I am starting off the show in a tribute and a memory as I eulogize my great friend, Father Pat McGrath. We really mourn the death of this great man. He died in Limerick, Ireland on Sunday, July 12th, and he was a lifelong friend of my family and a mentor to me personally. I called him the trailblazer. I also called him the maverick, and I was his sidekick. He was an avid supporter of Be The Star You Are charity, believing that literacy and positive media and empowering women and youth and families was absolutely imperative. 
In my very first book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference, I honored Father Pat and exalted him in a chapter called The Gift of Celebration because long ago we had nicknamed him, his middle name, as Mr. Celebrate or Celebration because he believed in making every moment count and celebrating the small things. In the new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, he had actually written a chapter, The Gift of Sports. He was an avid athlete. He introduced soccer into Northern California for youth. It was the first time that soccer had been here. He really believed in in the value of kids' play and the communication that you could learn from from. It was always a big part of his life. Back in his native country of Ireland, he really enjoyed hurling, another one of his sports. The Reverend McGrath believed in the dignity of the human person. He worked diligently throughout his life to care, share, and be fair, three mottos that I have patterned my own life after. And whenever I have a, a roadblock or a challenge in my life, I always kind of ask myself, now what would Father Pat do? He was a fierce proponent for the rights of women and the rights of children, and he constantly spoke about the importance of family. When he was just a newly ordained priest, he was sent to California, and he made history with his devotion to helping teenagers excel. He was very extremely well-read, well-educated, And his goal was to eradicate violence, improve literacy. These were important issues to him, while also engaging the person in conversation. What I always loved about Father Pat is that he didn't just listen, he actually heard. And when you were in his presence, you felt like you were the most important person in the world. You felt that what you said, what you did was of the utmost imperative action step to be done at that moment. It was a wonderful feeling. He he bolstered you up, and I know for all the many trying times I had from the time that I had met him when I was just, uh, I was still in grammar school when he came to our parish throughout my high school years, early years of being married and having children and and through the deaths of family members. He was always there in the good times and the bad times, and he always was there with a smile and to say, yes, you can do it, and when the going gets tough, the tough gets going, and you just have to be tough. And one of his other slogans I remember and I use to myself all the time is, this too shall pass. So with that, I was able to kind of keep keep on keeping on. He touched the lives of thousands of individuals. He's going to be so missed, but his legacy is going to remain in the hearts of all who knew him and in the books where he is fondly remembered. Now, he and I were actually working on a new book called I Remember, and it was talking about the times of the last, you know, 30 years that have happened throughout world history and what happened in our own lives and the lives of America and the lives of people around the world. I'm not, I don't think it will be published now, but I will most likely write a few chapters or have a part of it in a new book that I'll be writing, I'm sure, soon. Father Pat wasn't just a friend to be the star you are. He was just a champion for all women, for all families, for all youth. And as I said, we called him, you know, Mr. Celebration because he did live life to the fullest. 
and he encouraged everyone he encountered to live in the moment. And to honor this mentor who helped so many uh, lives, we at Be The Star You Are have created a memorial fund in his name. We want to have a scholarship donate books to youth because youth were so important to him. And we hope that you will want to help out there, too. Uh, this is located at bethestarur.org. And if you click on the enter site, you'll see at the top where it says Memorial for Father McGrath, and you can just click there and see photos and all about him. But after 44 years of serving others, we're looking at him as our special angel, and I hope you that you will join me in prayers for his family and his loved ones. He is having a beautiful funeral service, two days of uh, services with the bishops attending, and I know thousands of people will be there in Limerick, Ireland. And I am there in spirit, and this family will be reading a eulogy that I have prepared. I was so blessed uh, not so long ago to fly to Ireland and spend a couple of weeks with him and his family as we celebrated his uh, jubilee. And it was a wonderful, wonderful experience to be there in his St. Munchen's Parish, which he loved so much. We met with the mayor of Limerick. We're given the key to the city. We did television shows and radio shows, and he was just very beloved by his people as he was here in California. Now, in honor of Father Pat, I would like to read to you the gift of celebration from the book that I wrote, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. I hope you enjoy it. I know that... It always brings a smile to my face, and over the past few days since I have been on Facebook and Twitter and different social networking sites talking about Father McGrath, I've received comments literally from all over the country of people who either knew him or knew him through his works or knew him through me, saying what a terrific man he was and offering blessings and really loving the fact that he celebrated So this is the gift of celebration from the book, Be the Star You Are. He arrived in our parish from Ireland when I was just 13. He was 24 and a newly ordained into the priesthood. Father Pat McLeod was a shy, thin dairy farmer from Limerick Island who felt entirely out of place in psychedelic California. That is, until he met my family. We were outspoken, inclusive, and full of fun and mischief, and we celebrated everything. It didn't matter that we didn't belong to the race, religion, or nationality that started the festivity. We celebrated it anyway. And best of all, we were farmers, hardworking, honest, salt-of-the-earth folks, with fantastic fresh food on the table, unrestrained conversation through a meal. And we adopted him as family, and we've never regretted the celebrations that followed Father Pat McGraw, with his heavy Irish lilt, became my very best friend, my champion, my mentor, and my celebrator for lifetime. During my teen years, we joined together to form the first citywide youth organization in our area. We wanted teens to have a place to go, to meet with other teens, to have fun and still be supervised in a non-judgmental way. It wasn't an easy task. It was the late 60s when free love, drugs, and rock and roll, as well as anti-established ideologies were the norm. But Father Pat had a way of interacting with youth. He listened. He understood. He implemented changes. He celebrated their differences. He didn't care about the establishment's rules. He believed in celebrating life and goodness. 
never judging you by the styles of the day. He looked past that and into your soul. We established one of the first folk masses in the state of California where teens played music and sang songs. We organized non-denominational ski trips, weekly ball games, and dances where new bands could play. There were study groups, retreats, and teen, teen hangouts. And before long, our church was the in spot in the county. Soon it was the in spot in California. We were winning state and national awards with our motto of Celebrate Life, and our youth members were on their way to becoming outstanding leaders in their schools and communities. Father McGrath has celebrated on a personal level with my family for the first time we met. He knows how to commemorate an occasion. He applauds even the smallest achievement. He reveled in life itself, and he made every event by celebrating it. Through great times and horrible times, we've been together to commemorate and commiserate with open hearts and open arms. When my daddy died, Father McGrath supported us at the altar. At my son Justin's surprise 18th birthday party, Father McGrath showed up wearing his cowboy hat and regalia in honor of a horse-wrangling son. He cheered for my daughter Heather at swim meets and at ball games and hailed Justin's attempts at winning in monster truck races. Every Halloween, Father Pat and I would dress in crazy costumes sit at the top of the driveway with a big bonfire blazing, ladling out hot cider and roasted marshmallows to all the trick-or-treaters. Sometimes he'd show up at the house with a basket of fresh asparagus, a lemon meringue pie, or a book he suggested that we'd read. And then I'd pick what's ripe in the garden, throw together a quick feast, and we'd celebrate the simple accomplishments of the moment of the day of a life. When was the last time you really celebrated? We all need to be appreciated, wanted, valued, respected, and cared for. Father Pat encouraged celebrating ourselves because he said life is precious. Living fully is vital. Yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery, and tomorrow's a gift, and that's why we call it the present. And to me, the words celebration and Father McGrath are synonymous. And as he often has said, today is the only day we have. So here's wishing you a Father McGrath Day. Celebrate now. Remember a great man dedicated to human dignity and the sacredness of family, Father Patrick McGrath. And again, you can go to be the star you are dot org forward slash Father dot html or just go to be the star you are dot org. Now pass on the celebration. Care, share, and be fair. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and when we come back from break, we're going to be talking to another contributor to the book, T.L. Cooper, about her contribution of The Gift of You, as well as the, as the book that she's written. And we hope that you'll make a donation in the name of Father McGrath. Okay, be the star you are.org. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and we'll be back in a bit. Thank you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Increasing innovation, creativity thrives in a company when management encourages people to express ideas. To stimulate motivation, invite faculty members from local universities to speak about the frontiers of knowledge and in their respective fields. Sponsor seminars and classes that will spark ideas in the minds of your team. 
send employees to conferences and encourage them to attend industry association meetings. When people are tuned into what's happening beyond the scope of their company's policies, innovation soars and new opportunities and solutions to problems occur. By growing the minds of people, you grow your company. You will help them grow beyond their company's policies. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style with another business bite. Visit star-style.com. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel Where the world comes to talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now, back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you well, every week, Be the Star You Are showcases incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life, and Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through improved literacy and positive message programming, just like this radio show. So go to bethestarur.org. Well, T.L. Cooper grew up on a farm in Kentucky, which provided her with fertile fodder for an imagination to germinate. She's been on our program before as her essay, Common Values, tied for first place in the Be the Star You Are, fifth annual uh, essay contest this past year. And now her contribution, The Gift of You, will appear in the new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, which will be released very soon. She is also the author of All She Ever Wanted. Welcome back, T.L., to Be the Star You Are. Hello, it's nice to speak with you again. Well, I am so glad that you are back with us. Now, before, I do want to talk about your contribution to the book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, The Gift of You, which is a wonderful chapter. And I want to also talk about your own book that you've written. But you know what? We have never talked about your life growing up on the farm. And being a farm girl myself, I always like uh, talking with fellow farmers. Give us a little uh, bit of detail about what it was like in Kentucky growing up there. Well, um, it was very wonderful. I, like I said, I grew up on a farm, and my dad was primarily a tobacco uh, farmer, but he also raised soybeans and uh, green peppers, and we had a wonderful garden, and we canned and put up most of our food for the winter, and we would go to my grandmother's and help her do the same thing. So it was very family-oriented. Do you still do things? Do you still, like, 
can, or do you ever do still things like that, or? Well, I do still have a garden, and I do a little bit of um, of preserving when I can, mostly in the freezer now rather than doing uh, actual canning-type things. You know, I do the same thing now, although it's interesting. I, my sister and several other members of the family, they still, uh, every summer, you know, they have all their big canning days with the apricots and peaches and tomatoes. I mean, it goes on forever, but I do it in the freezer as well. Well, um, let's talk about the gift of you in Be the Star You Are for Teens, because it's an important chapter. We this is the be the star you are. It is all about celebrating the you. Tell us about your inspiration and what made you write or choose that particular topic. Well, interestingly, I had just been thinking about doing a blog on this on a the the idea behind what I included in the uh in the essay because I was remembering a time when I was in high school and had to write this essay about if I could be anyone in the world, I would be, and then blank. You were supposed to fill in the blank. And I had been thinking about that, and then I heard you were looking for these, and I thought, oh, that would be the perfect topic. I already have it started. And so I went ahead with that, and because uh, I think it's a very interesting idea. So many people in the world walk around going, oh, if I could just be him, or if I could just be her, if I could just be Oprah Winfrey, or if I could just be um, Celine Dion, or whoever their hero is, then my life would be perfect. And I think that we need to start seeing ourselves and saying, hey, I'm as I'm perfect as I am. I think that is the most brilliant thing. I just, I love the chapter because I am, of course, with Be the Star You Are, this is what I'm all about. I think that we need to be our own selves, our best selves, our only selves, because we can't be anybody else. And why imitate when we can innovate, right? Absolutely. So it's really crucial that we learn to, as my friend Father McGrath would say, is to celebrate ourselves. It's it's very, very important. So I'm really glad that you wrote that chapter, and it is included in the book, uh, Be the Star You Are for Teens, which will be debuting very soon. You can go to bethestarur.com. Now let's talk about your book, All She Ever Wanted, because it touches on many important subjects, TL, racism, uh, family dynamics, you know, this, the horrors of betrayal, friendship between the sexes. And I know that you did draw on your own experiences when you wrote the book, and the whole story revolves around an African-American male and a Caucasian female, which... It's a little bit parallel to your life, a little bit different. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, it, the characters in the story, some people think that Victoria is very much like me. I don't tend to agree with that. But if people want to see me in it, I say more power to them. Um, and many other people also, they, they start trying to see other people that they know from my life in the character of Darren, and in some ways he is an amalgam of people that I've known and that I've been friends with. And I did have a friendship that it was somewhat similar uh, to the friendship between Victoria and Darren when I was in college that influenced me in a very positive way and, and changed my outlook on life. And so when I sat down to write this book, I actually wanted to write a book about ambition. And so I was and about sacrificing everything for your ambition. 
And so I started out with that, but this, the other story, the, the racism story just kept popping in there and saying, hey, you're not telling the right story. Get on track here, girl. And so finally when I embraced that, this story came together and it, and it became a, a much better and actually easier book to write. So, so the reality is it really, you're not taking the characters from people you know. It's probably more of a compendium of lots of characteristics of people that you've met over time. Is that more, is that would be more the gist of it? Absolutely. I, and I think all writers do that, even if it's a subconscious thing, because the only way you can create a character is from what you've known and what you've witnessed. So you draw on the people who you are around, who you meet. Sometimes it can be a brief meeting in a grocery store that will will be like, ah, oh, that's what my character at home is lacking. And you'll go home and be able to fill that in for the character and make the character that much more real. Did you find that it just sort of started writing itself once you got clear? Yes. Once I let go of trying to force the story where I wanted it to go and let the story tell itself, it went on to paper much, much easier. uh, So, T.L., how does that process work? Because so many um, writers, of course, who write novels, and although I'm a writer, I've never written a novel, they express the exact same thing, is that it's like the characters flow through them. They sit at at their, either with a pen and paper or the typewriter or computer, and they just evolve. It's like, you're, are you, were you excited to get to your desk because you knew that something new was going to happen um, and you didn't know what? Well, for me, the story lived in, in my head all the time, so it was constantly there for the four years that I worked on the book. And so I was living it constantly. As a matter of fact, there would be times I would go back and be like, oh, I was just thinking that. I didn't actually put it on paper. I need to fix that about certain parts of the book, and so I would have to go back and add in things because it was always there. I'm the type of writer that when a character speaks to me, they the character gets into my head and bothers me until I put down what he or she has to say on paper. Oh, see, I just love that. Now, for all our listeners who might have just joined us, we are talking to T.L. Cooper. She is the author of All She Ever Wanted. She's also a 2009 uh, essay winner with Be the Star You Are, and she has a story, uh, and a chapter, actually, in the new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens. It's called The Gift of You, and her website is tlcooper.com. Well, um, let's talk about race relations, because... You know, you know that up close and personal, but what do you think has gone on throughout the, oh, maybe let's, the last 10 years? Are we getting better? Is it getting worse? Are we getting more tolerant? Are we getting more accepting? What's your take on it? Well, that's kind of an interesting question for me. I, I think we have a tendency to, in some ways, shift our prejudices and therefore excuse them. Um, we have a tendency to, and when I say that, when I say we, I mean people in general, we have a tendency to almost feel like we need to have someone that we can call the enemy or someone that we don't like in order to make ourselves feel better. And I think that's a very sad state for us as humans. And I love seeing that change, and I do see it changing in small ways, sometimes in larger ways, but I think it all starts with the individual and with the individual relationships. When you, you're being very careful when you're saying that I have personal experience with it, and the truth is I do. I'm married to a man who is not an American, or he, he is an American citizen now, but who was not born in the United States. 
and we have experienced racism over that uh, simply based on his last name. And that is always a very, very hard thing to accept and to um, see when you know someone and you love them and you see someone putting a characteristic or an attitude on that person that has absolutely nothing to do with the person that you know and love. It's a very hard thing to take. And you know what, Kale? I bet you that in this day and age, as much as people maybe want to be inclusive, especially with terrorism around the country and this paranoia and fear of the unknown or the cells or whatever is happening out there, I think it's more prevalent than ever that people actually pigeonhole people because of a name. Absolutely. Because, you know, I know that um, my, I'm Italian, uh, and I'm 100% Italian, and growing up I have a, I have a real Italian uh, last name, and so Brian is actually, you know, a pen name, a stage name. But I always loved my last name, but there were definitely people that were prejudiced against Italians. They would think that you were mafia. You know, they would, uh, they would call you uh, WAP, which never bothered me because I was born here. But for parents who, with WAP meaning without papers, that was a very derogatory term that really hurt them deeply. I didn't get it because, you know, it didn't bother. It wasn't affecting me. But I think that we, people do this unconsciously. I don't know if they do it on purpose, but it seems to be out of fear that we have prejudices. What do you think? I think there is a lot out of fear. I think some people do it on purpose. I mean, I've had people who say to me very bluntly, I'm, I am racist, and I am always taken aback by people who are that honest about it, I guess. They actually say that. Hmm. That's interesting. And, you know, for me, and then they will always go ahead to excuse it. Oh, but that doesn't apply to your situation. Well, if you feel that way, then you feel that way. It doesn't change it just because I happen to be married to someone that you normally wouldn't like if he wasn't married to me. Right. And that's, that is, um, I think people have a hard time understanding that that's a very cruel statement in and of itself. Very cruel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you know what? It applies. If somebody says something like that, you you don't know what it really is that they're thinking behind the scenes. So back to your book, All She Ever Wanted, what were some of the difficult chapters to write or scenes that you felt were challenging? Well, there are a couple of scenes in the book that were particularly challenging. Um, in one scene, the um, it, it's when uh, it's when the the main character's parents die, and I didn't know how she was going to deal with that because her relationship with them is not good throughout the book, and uh, and they are very prejudiced, and that affects her life and and her friendship with Darren in a very strong way. And so when it comes time and, and I have to deal with the, with the accident they're in and, and how she reacts to that, it was very hard for me to write because I was trying to imagine how would I react. And then I realized that because my relationship is not the same relationship that she has, my relationship with my parents is not the same as the relationship she has with her parents, I couldn't write what, how I would react. I had to look at how the character would react. Mm-hmm. And very early on in the book, it's also clear that something has happened to the friendship between Darren and Victoria, that something has caused it to end. But you don't know what until well into the book, almost the end of the book. And uh, when I got to the point that I had to write that part, that was devastatingly difficult for me to write. 
It was, I felt like... You felt like that, you were in that moment, right? I felt like I was in that moment. I felt like I was doing something that I didn't have the right to do, which was to play God. I had created these people, this world, it, although it was on paper, it still it was alive was so to you. It was a living, breathing um, uh, people. It was a real character. Right. Exactly. And well, so at that you know, point, it, it was sounds very just so fabulous here, the way that you write, and we want to encourage people to pick up a copy of All She Ever Wanted. And let's give out your website once again, because you need to read uh, T.L. Cooper's writing. She's an excellent, excellent writer. And again, she's in the book Be the Star You Are for Teens. She's won lots of contests. She writes for magazines. You're going to be hearing a lot about T.L. Cooper. The book, again, all she ever wanted, tlcooper.com. Do you just want to wrap it up, T.L.? Well, I just want to thank everyone for listening and say that I hope that you, even if you're not reading my book, that you are reading much other things and that you do pick up Be the Star You Are for Teens. Thank you so much, T.L., and we'll be in touch. Again, that's T.L. Cooper, www.tlcooper.com. Her book, All She Ever Wanted, and then look for her in Be the Star You Are for Teens. You will love the gift of you. It's great talking to you. And just for all of you out there, the, the Be the Star You Are for Teens is available right now as a pre-order, and you can go to be the org and order now. We're going to be having our big books and bands bash coming up. It's a benefit for Be the Star You Are celebrating 10 years of a literacy charity, having donated more than $1.6 million in resources to other nonprofits and youth at risk and organizations, shelters, etc. This day is going to be a fabulous event, and we're expecting probably around 500 people, lots of bands, dancing under the stars, mocktails and snacks and vendors and celebrities and martial arts demonstrations. And we are, the, we are so excited because we are sponsored. Our media sponsors are Diablo Magazine, um, KCBS, KPFA, World Talk Radio, Voice America, Garden Pro Radio, La Mirinda Weekly Newsletter, and we have corporate sponsors in Marrow Miracles. So please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. If you cannot come to our event, please make a donation anyway. You could just do $10 for 10 years, and that would be awesome. Or give $100 or a dollar. It doesn't matter. Right there on our website, BeTheStarYouAre.org, just go to the Donate button, and you can take care of it there. Well, I am Cynthia Bryan, and when we come back from break, we will be talking with author Siri James with her dramatic true story of Charlotte Bronte and the inspiration behind Jane Eyre. Stay with us. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We have a wonderful guest coming up. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. 
everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. BeTheStarYouAre.org Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Bethestarur.org. Are you ready for Dancing Under the Stars? Hi, I'm Dave Przicki, voice actor and volunteer with the Be The Star You Are charity, inviting you to join our 10th anniversary celebration on September 13th at our Mega Books and Bands Bash. New York Times best-selling author Cynthia Bryan and 13 contributors will be launching and autographing the new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, with all proceeds benefiting the charity. You'll meet celebrities, enjoy mocktails, snacks, raffles, martial arts demonstrations, the music of several live bands, be able to buy unique gift items from a variety of vendors, and also save lives by registering to be a bone marrow donor at our swab meet, sponsored by Marrow Miracles. The donation is only $13 per person for a full day of family fun, and it's 100% tax deductible. Bring your wallet and get ready to make a difference while having a great time. Are you interested in being a corporate partner, buying a table for 10, advertising in our program, or buying cases of the new book? We have lots of ways you can help. Contact us toll-free at 877-944-STAR. That's 877-944-7827. See you there. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star. Well, thanks for being great listeners. 
listeners and allowing us into your life each week and staying with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. I am Cynthia Bryan. We hope that this program inspires, educates, informs, and challenges your knowledge. Our motto is to be a leader. You must be a reader. So we encourage you to read the books of the amazing authors that we present each week. Well, I have written about the joys of love. I have in my secret heart long dreamt of an intimate connection with the man. Every Jane, I believe, deserves her Rochester. Charlotte Bronte lived a secluded life in the wilds of Yorkshire with her sisters Emily and Anne, their drug-addicted brother Branwell, and an eccentric father who was going blind. Though poor, plain, and socially unconnected, Charlotte and her sisters possessed a passionate side which they revealed only in their writings, creating novels like Jane Eyre and Weathering Heights, and they are some of the most beloved and endured works ever written in the English language. At the same time, Charlotte Bronte dreamt of a real love story as fiery as the one she creates, and best-selling author Siri James offers readers a glimpse into the lives of the Bronte family with her spell-binding novel, The Secret Diaries of Charlotte Bronte. Welcome, Siri, to Be the Star You Are. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, I love this book. I didn't want it to end. You seem to adore the Regency period, uh, Siri. So could you tell us what inspired you to dive into Charlotte Bronte and do all this research to get her secret diaries and put it into novel form? Well, I've always adored the novel Jane Eyre. I've read it so many times. And I wanted to know and understand the woman who wrote it. I wondered who was Charlotte Bronte? How did she come to write this remarkable masterpiece, which is still so popular all over the world, more than 160 years after she wrote it. So I started researching Charlotte's life, and I was astonished to discover how many parts of the novel were inspired by her own experiences and her her life story. It's just fascinating. All three sisters, despite the difficulties of their circumstances, became published authors at the very same time. I can't think of any other family in history who've achieved a similar literary feat. And I wanted to explore that and show how it happened and add to that the true story of Charlotte's romance. Her father's curate, this tall, dark, and handsome man named Arthur Bell Nichols, he lived right next door to the Brontes for more than seven years. He carried a silent torch for Charlotte all that time before he finally had the nerve to propose. And although Charlotte disliked him for many years, her feelings eventually changed, and she grew to really love him. I knew that would make a fabulous story, and it had never been told. You know, I just loved it, Siri, because this is the first time that I had read in depth of just what you just said about three sisters in a family who were so close, and they were all writers and critiquers, and it was almost like they formed one of the first book clubs, you know, (laughs) or uh, their own writing critique group because they they helped each other. I I was fascinated, and I also loved the fact that uh, you brought to the present how she had based so much of Jane Eyre on her own life because she didn't like the the Reverend Nichols for so long. Mm -hmm. It, It was just spellbinding. Now, what was the research you had to do for this? It had to be enormous. It was. I read dozens of Bronte biographies. I studied the artwork of all the Brontes. I read their poetry, all their published novels, Charlotte's Juvenilia, and all her preserved correspondence. Were 
really fortunate to have hundreds and hundreds of letters which Charlotte wrote to her friend Ellen over a 24-year period, as well as letters that Charlotte wrote to her brothers or to her publisher's literary advisor. They're a wealth of information, and they give real insight into her most intimate thoughts and beliefs. And then, of course, I visited the Bronte Parsonage Museum in Haworth, England, which is the house where Charlotte and her family lived almost her entire life and is filled with their possessions. As you can imagine, it was so thrilling to walk through the rooms where Charlotte lived and worked and to walk the lanes she walked and see the wild expanse of moors. I haven't been there. What was it like inside? Oh, it was great. It's um, The rooms are a lot smaller than I expected. You know, I, I read about it online, but to actually be there in person, it's this wonderful um, stone house like so many of the other houses in that area uh, with very clean, neat, compact rooms, stone floors, this lovely staircase going up. It was great. And, mm. and uh, I also went to the school that she attended. One of her schools was Rowhead School. I featured it in a novel. And I got a tour from attic to cellar and discovered that there's still a legend of a mysterious attic dweller, the ghost of Rowhead. It was really valuable to have all those images in my mind when I wrote the book. Well, and I think this is what makes your book so compelling. It's like it's such a page-turner. I can't wait to find out what the next thing was happening. But it's also so real. The emotions are so raw. And, you know, one of the things I loved about the Bronte sisters was how feminists they were and how outspoken and how determined they were to stick up for themselves. I mean, posing as men writers because they didn't think they'd be taken so seriously. That was absolutely fascinating to me. I really enjoyed that part of it, too. Yes, I would think so. I would think, I really think so. Now, you also, uh, one of your best-selling uh, books is The Lost Memoirs of Jane Austen, and you actually talk about the Bronte sisters, you know, knowing of Jane Austen here. So tell us a little bit about The Lost Memoirs of Jane Austen and how you feel with the two books you've now, because you have The Secret Diaries of Charlotte Bronte and The memoir, Lost Memoirs of Jane Austen. I mean, two amazing writers here. Well, you know, I decided to take my two favorite writers and bring them to life. That was such a challenge and really exciting to do. The, the Lost Memoirs of Jane Austen, that one, it tells the story of the, the secret life-changing love affair that inspired Jane Austen's return to writing and influenced every one of her novels. And in that case, when I was doing my research, I happened to notice a two-year gap in Jane Austen's personal correspondence. At that time, Jane was in her early 30s, and she was stalled in her writing career. She hadn't written a thing in eight or nine years. Uh, I couldn't help but wonder, why were there no letters for two years? What happened during those missing years? Because hmm. Jane's sister, Cassandra, before she died, she burned most of Jane's letters and cut out portions of those she saved, just trying to preserve Jane's reputation for the family. But what was she trying to hide? It struck me that it was entirely possible Jane had a love affair during those two years, a really meaningful and passionate relationship which she and Cassandra, for good reason, conspired to keep secret. So while staying faithful to all the facts of Austen's life, I carefully interwove a romance with the man I believe Jane Austen would have fallen in love with, the well-read and very charming Mr. Ashford. <laughs> you know, and see, I think this is what is so wonderful about your books. 
is really how real they are and how much research you have done to preserve the voice of the authentic authors so that the reader, as we go through the book, we are in the room with them. We are trying on the clothes. We are writing. And we're actually kind of looking through the keyhole at their love affairs. I just absolutely was mesmerized, Siri. Loved it. Loved it. Thank you. I'm Tell so delighted. Your writing routine goes. What do you, how do you, you know, how do you decide what to leave in and what to leave out? How does that happen? Um, how do I decide what to leave well, in? What's your, what do you do when you have a writing routine? Do you sit down with all your research and just start writing it, or do you decide, oh, I'm going to leave, you know, I want to write this, no, I'm going to edit that. I mean, tell us about what's your process. Well, I spend a great deal of time doing research and, and not only reading everything that they have written to get their voice in my head, but also researching every single thing about their lives. And once I've understood what their life is and laid it all before me, then I have to figure out where, for the sake of dramatization and storytelling, I need to insert bits of fiction to make the story flow, to keep the reader turning the pages. And so I will, you know, heighten things when necessary, um, create a f- character where I think it's necessary to to keep the plot going and add a little conflict. But it always comes back to preserving the incredible integrity of these women and telling the story the way it really happened or the way we imagine we would like it to have happened in Jane Austen. Well, you know, I again, I want to applaud you for the way that you do your character development because these are women that I would have liked to have as friends. Oh, me too. That, wouldn't you? Oh, they're, yes. they're authentic. They are loyal. They are true in every way. And they speak their hearts. I loved it. Some of the, the confrontational scenes, especially when Charlotte, you know, confronts Mr. Nichols and tells him what she thinks, I, I was like cheering her on. It was so great. And there was an, also a scene I, was, I just loved when she uh, described, well, she, uh, you described, um, what her ideal husband would be like and how he has to be passionate and she wanted to be able to look up to him and revere both his character and his intellect and she wanted the soul of a poet and the sense of a judge and kind and considerate and esteemed by all who knew him and admired by women and loved by men and equal. I thought, oh my gosh, these are all things that we all want, right? And they are all true, either taken from her the character's mouths in our novels or taken directly from Charlotte's letters. Well, so we, see, that's we know. what makes your books so remarkable. So what are you uh, writing now? I mean, are you, do you have another one coming up? I a do. new, I new do. book? In fact, I'm hard at work on a book called Dracula, My Love. Dracula, my love. Dracula, now, that's it's a, it's taking a little bit of a detour. We're we're going away from your women heroines. Oh what no, we're not. This is a retelling of Bram Stoker's famous Victorian novel from the point of view of the heroine Mina Harker. Ah, it's, now there we go. So now, you're getting back to the women's sense. I like that. It is. This so, is the untold story if, of her. You know, if uh, readers want to know something about you, what would they be surprised to know? Who are you? Uh, well, let's see. I learned Photoshop and HTML, and I designed and maintained my own website. I'm a total movie oh, it's a addict. a website, by the way. So let's tell people, let's give people the website, because so much information out there at SiriJames.com. 
com s y r i e j a m e s dot com. That's a great website. Do you do this yourself? I do. Whoa, bravo, girlfriend. Well, thanks, thanks. Yeah, it's fabulous. Okay, tell us more. I'm a total movie addict. I married my college sweetheart. We have two great sons. And we, you can see pictures of them. It's a gore, you have a gorgeous family, by the way. Thank you. And I'm sure they are your greatest accomplishments, you know? They, they definitely are. No matter are. what you write. But you know, I imagine that you did find your your true love, right? You, you're you living the Jane Austen and the Charlotte Bronte uh, life. <laughs> I am, every day. Every day, yes, yes. You, you found your Rochester. Well, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. The book by Siri James that is brand new. It's The Secret Diaries of Charlotte Bronte. Her other novel is The Lost Memoirs of Jane Austen. You've heard that we've got a Dracula coming up. From a woman's point of view, I like that. And you can go to her website at SiriJames.com, and not only is she a great writer, but she's a webmaster as well. Well, Siri, do you just want to wrap it up with a last thought? Well, if you like Jane Austen's Mr. Ashford, I promise you, you will love my Dracula, the most sexy and romantic Dracula that um, I could possibly imagine. Well, maybe we have a movie in the making. What do you think? (laughs) It's been great having you on. You've been listening to Siri James, again, author of The Lost Memoirs of Jane Austen, The Secret Diaries of Charlotte Bronte. Siri, thank you so much for being a guest on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I can't wait to read Dracula. Sounds good to me. My pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. SiriJames.com, visitor website. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Make sure you're tuned here to this network and station every week with me. And also that you can hear the experts and authors that I bring you. I love being your personal growth success coach. If you need coaching of any kind, go to star-style.com. My dream is to help you make your dreams come true. So for more information about the charity, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Please go there and consider making a memorial donation in the name of my good friend and mentor, Father Pat McGraw. I wouldn't be who I am today without having him in my life. And I know the more you know about him, the more you will feel that way, too. He will speak out to you from the pages of the book of Be the Star You Are for Teens and Be the Star You Are. And then you can make a donation for our 10-year anniversary. Well, as you go out into the day, remember that no one has ever walked this earth with your exact combination of inborn and acquired strengths, weaknesses, skills, talents, frails, and experiences. You are one of a kind. You are you, and you have the power to love yourself and become the person you are meant to be. Be the star of your own life. Take a look in the mirror and admire yourself. You're a wonder of creation. Until we celebrate next week, I am Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you, and I want to encourage you. Be the star you are. We'll talk next week. Tune in.